All His Movies, the Shia LaBeouf podcast. This is episode 23 of the Even Stevens movie from 2003. This was screened at 10.20 a.m. on the final day of Shia's Marathon. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Mancy. And I think you had told me a while ago, I don't remember if it was on mic or off mic, but you'd never seen, or you didn't even know about the show Even Stevens, right? Correct. Yeah, I had no clue that Shia came from the Disney Channel and had a sitcom and the whole nine yards before. This was a total surprise to me. I'm several years younger than you. I don't remember... I remember watching... So this so this show was on for three years, and I remember watching a lot of it. I don't know if I've seen every episode. I would say I've seen most of it. But I also have a sister who's three years younger, and so she would have been between the ages of, like, 9 and 11 when this was on, and I okay. would have been 12 or 13 to, like, 15 or 16. So I think that I was, like, just sort of too old by the end of it, but I think she was still in that age. And, like, this is also the time on Disney Channel. I think it was this and Lizzie McGuire with Hilary Duff. I think they oh, okay. were both on at the same time. I don't remember that, but I remember this. I remember Even Stevens being really funny, and it's obviously made for kids, but it's also, it's not, like, adult, but, like, it's not childish. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Like, there it, are things that are childish, but it, it also works to, like, an older, like, a slightly older demographic. Yeah, it definitely appeals to the adults, you know, watching this show with their kids, but it doesn't do it in any kind of vulgar manner, and it's not really trying to hide any of the adult humor either. I don't know, I, not to tip my hat too much, but I actually was surprised by this film and by the family and the characters, and I actually quite enjoyed this. Yeah, I was too old to watch the show. I might actually go back and watch it, though, because the dynamic here is better than the stuff I feel like I got growing up. Like, I watched a lot of Growing Pains and Full House and Boy Meets World is pretty much where I tapped out of these types of shows gotcha. and stuff, right? So I had just missed this mark. I'm intrigued as to where this came from. I, it made me wonder about the show itself because I enjoyed the movie. There are some sort of silly, stupid, childish things here that aren't that don't really play well to people our age or maybe just the fact that it's 2016, but it's more silly than sappy like Boy Meets World. Like I watched, I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode of Boy Meets World, and so, you know, at least one once. Same thing with Full House, but like those feel like the show is where there's like a message. You know what I mean? Like yes. I'm, sure this, I'm sure the show maybe had messages, but it's also like Lewis is just like up to wacky antics and like let's just see what he does. Yeah, yeah. The overall vibe just felt to be more about having fun and being positive. Yeah, I didn't really get the sense that this show would delve too deep into, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, whereas the shows I got growing up once a month or <laughs> at least once every few episodes, it, it would get a little dark or serious and stuff. But this is silly and dumb and yeah, it, it, I mean, it still has to appeal to the right. main demographic, you know what I'm saying? But still, like, it didn't turn me off in any way, you know? This is as far as you could get from something like Dumb and Dumberer, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, this is how you do children's comedy correctly. And it's really, really, really easy to tell why Shia LaBeouf became, like, a superstar. Maybe not superstar, but, like, a huge star based on this, because not only is he first build, I mean, he's the youngest hmm. son in a family, and he's top build in this movie, which is crazy, kind of. Like, he's the best part of the show, he's the funniest person on there, he's younger than everybody else, and still, like, doing a great job. I mean, anybody watching him at this time could say, oh, if that kid, like, doesn't screw up his life, like, he's gonna be huge someday. Yeah, yeah, I really liked him in this movie. He really got a chance to do his stuff 
so to speak. I mean, I saw shades of Sam Witwicky here for sure, you know, <laughs> like coming, they're going to be yeah. coming down the pike. His um, chemistry with the girl who plays his sister is awesome. Like, I mean, it felt like me and my sister kind of, and this, uh, the whole family dynamic kind of reminded me a little bit of me and my brothers and sisters and how we get on each other's nerves. But yet at the end of the day, we stuck together and had each other's back and stuff. But what I was really, what struck me the most watching this is I really feel like we were robbed of a period of what could have been for Shia like he'll go from stuff like this starring in a movie like this you know I really feel like he should have gone on and made stuff like Valley Girl or The Night Before like Cage and Keanu sort of go on these little runs of starring in not extremely successful but teenage films yep. and he's kind of going to not get that chance he's they're gonna put him on the fast track and stick him in small roles in these really big movies and it's just kind of a shame this is what i wish we had a little more of you know the last few episodes but we're getting it lots here and i'm loving it i also wonder though if maybe it was shia's decision to skip that because this movie when this movie comes out he's like 17 i don't know how old he's supposed to be in this but his sister is graduating what is almost assuredly a high school graduation, but no, she's entering high school. So I don't know if that's like her eighth grade graduation or if high school's less than four years. When this movie came out, Christy Carlson Romano was 19 years old and she's entering high school. The older brother who had just graduated high school and is going off to college is 26 or 27 (laughs) in real life. So everybody is sort of developmentally stunted in terms of not being able to portray the age that they're supposed to be. I mean, like, once they're on the island in the middle of this movie, they're sort of not in the confines of high school, and that's something that, you know, on Keanu Club, I hated that Keanu was always in high school. Like, if you're a high school student that has nothing to do with high school, that's fine. Like, I'm okay, because that's sort of like an age group. Like, that's, that's what we have here. But I wonder if you know, three years of playing sort of like an elementary to middle school kid at the ages of like 15, 16, 17, Shia was like, okay, like I'm tired of being like this young kid. I want to be a man. You know what I mean? Like I wonder Mm. if it's his decision to sort of fast track himself and tell his agent, like, I don't want to be the star in things yet. I'm okay being like Will Smith's sidekick or Keanu's sidekick or something. Yeah, and I think that's an opportunity you have to take advantage of also if it presents itself. It just feels like, you know, career fast track, of course. Yeah, I'd much rather get there quicker than going through all these little movies and whatnot on the side. I'm not saying it was the wrong choice. I'm just saying, like, I envision this parallel world (laughs) that I I wish I could visit. I have a quick question for you about this movie because you brought up an issue that surprisingly I only thought about for the first five minutes and then didn't even think about it at all, but when in the series does this take place? Is this after... This the, is the finale. So this is the final, considered the yeah. final episode of the show. I never saw this, which makes me think that I never saw the end of the series. Okay. Because this sort of wraps up a lot of storylines. Like apparently, in a weird coincidence for Shia's career... Uh, the Gill character, the older sister's boyfriend, who dumps her in a pancake house, Mm -hmm. uh, was introduced on an episode called Surf's Up, which is kind of cool, kind of weird and coincidental. And we get Shia on a surfboard in this. We get Shia on a surfboard uh, with a little bit of help. It apparently wraps up several stories that had been going on through the series. I don't know, like, I can't imagine it was cancelled. I don't know what it was, but it was ended it. They had like they did like okay. sixty episodes or something like that, and then this oh. is the the final like this is the, the final chapter in the even Stevens universe. Okay, because I think I have like a crazy little theory about maybe why the show ended, and it okay. could be because it seems like maybe this happened during the final season, but everyone kind of 
went through their growth spurt. Like, I, like I noticed, like this Shia is a little taller than I was expecting. I, I sort of wanted, I thought he'd be closer to his friend Bean. You know, that that kid looks like yeah. the appropriate age for sure. I mean, I remember saying in the last episode, it's that same Shia voice. You know, did he go through early puberty? And I think this may have been the time around there. If you go look at some of the even Stephen Show and then check out the movie, I wonder if you can chart. You know, sort of how Scott Bayo came back one season as Chachi and he was, you know, taller than Henry Winkler. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay, he, he shot up and he went through puberty. Uh, so I wonder if maybe they just were like, it's time to move on and everyone's just getting too old to play their role and we can't do this like the Simpsons can do this where they're eternally young because they're right. cartoons and stuff. And surprisingly, a lot of that stuff just didn't bother me. I was getting into the movie. But one, one thing I wish I did know a little more about were the sort of side characters. I, I did kind of feel like they did a good job of not making it so much about that in a way, but you could still tell that there are these nods to the show or we're referencing the show just so that it's not entirely separate that we don't just have the characters of the family on the island for the whole movie but that it actually feels like an actual episode of the show so i thought they did a good job of balancing that for new viewers yeah i got a good sense of who these people probably were during the show and none of it came across as confusing it's weird thinking back like i remembered beans like i would never have been able to tell you anything about the show other than i remember shy and i remember chrissy carlson romano because i thought she was cute so those are like that's that's all i remembered about the show like i sort of remember i remember that they had parents i forgot that they had an older brother i forgot that he had a psychic but as soon as beans showed up i was just like oh right like i remember that kid like he's definitely like i don't want to say like an iconic character but he is a weird delightful little sidekick uh, i didn't remember any of shia's friends apparently that girl i was doing a little bit of research in the show becomes Lewis's girlfriend, which we don't get that vibe at all here in the movie. Like, she just sort of seems, like, kind of disinterested in him, which is sort of weird. Like, I don't know if they broke up or if Wiki was wrong or whatever. It's sort of like the finale of Lost, which I also want to talk about. Like, this it's amazing (laughs) to me how much this movie has in common with Lost. Yeah, and Survivor, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, and Survivor. But the finale of Lost, which was like, you know, two and a half hours or whatever, I was like, all I want to do is see Rose and Bernard and Vincent. And, like, we see them for that one scene. Right. They have a life in the jungle. That's it. And so it sort of feels like that. Like, you know, you like these characters throughout the show, we're going to show that we didn't forget about them. We're going to send, give them, like, one sort of, not like a heroic send-off, but, like, we're going to say, like, you know, their story is concluded, and here they are for you. Yeah, they all have their moments. Uh, it's organic how they're worked into the film, and we didn't really mention the plot at all, but what happens, but the family has sort of chosen to test out a resort in a, in some island somewhere, and they go along with it. We'll talk about that in a second, but they're actually being televised for, like, a family prank show. They work all the other characters in because they're watching the show, and I thought that was really, you know, natural right it's not like they forced everybody into the movie that didn't need to be there it's like oh here's an opportunity to show her watching it or here's an opportunity just to bring some random character back and have them watching it or the principal and things like that so that worked out really well for them i think so too uh yeah so the plot of the movie is it's graduation day it's the first day of summer basically Shia causes a scene at his older sister's graduation. He all he wants to do all summer is lounge around in his lounge matic chair, which is awesome. This, like crazy oh chair that his friends are all jealous of. That's the kind of stuff I was expecting the Prince of Pennsylvania to be mocking up in his crazy garage. You know, <laughs> when yeah. we talked about how he was supposed to be some tinkerer or something. And here I was like, right, wow. I, we, I mean, we see Shia with the remote control beach ball full of spaghetti, and then we see right away this crazy lounge chair that he made. And that scene, I like. I blurt laughed a couple times. Like, it's way funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like, I was expecting to enjoy it because I remember, like, Shia's the star, 
And whenever he's given anything to do, even if it's like not great material, he makes the most of it. Sort of like Cage. I knew that I was going to enjoy the time, most of the movie, but I didn't expect to actually like laugh out loud. And like there were a couple times in that scene, like I think that's like the best scene in the movie just because like he's so nerdy and cool at the same time and like he just Mm -hmm. owns it. And that's exactly, I think, what we've talked about that he's like, he doesn't necessarily have like the movie star looks, but yet he's still a movie star. Like he's that kind of uncool, cool guy, which makes him kind of relatable and likable by everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That scene was great. And you're right, like he almost not not really a Ferris Bueller vibe to him because he's a little nerdier than that, but definitely like confident and secure and within himself and stuff. So I like that too. Like he's showing off to his friends like this crazy chair that he made. I also like this is something that I wasn't expecting at all but like I, I mean this is when I noticed that the movie itself like the filmmakers are kind of crafty filmmakers I mean they probably had no budget for this whatsoever but there's a moment when he's sitting in the chair and you know the, there's it's got like you push a button and an arm comes down and oh like, yep, yep, back, you're talking about. yep right and one gives you a hot dog and then one arm comes in from out of frame that it just is physically impossible to you know and like that's with the mustard yeah the mustard and like that's the joke the joke is like you know wacky filmmaking techniques and stuff like that I was like like, oh, that's that's clever. But I didn't expect it to go on. I don't know if it was intentional, but when they go to the island, there's like stock footage of, you know, like the island from Jurassic Park and yep. all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes there's just a shot of them, which might clearly be green screen, just walking in front of the stock images and stuff. So like, I don't know if that was part of the in-joke or if it's just, you know, they needed to get around the budget somehow. But I really feel like the actual filmmaking made me laugh in the right ways, you know, like uh, there was like a wink and a nod in the crafting of this movie too. It's definitely, I don't remember if it was meta. I don't know, I honestly don't know if I would have realized that when I was watching this at like 15 years, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if that's something like, obviously like community, like if it's if it's like community, then I would be willing to go back and watch this all just because obviously Shy is in it, but. I'm yeah, I mean, I don't now. feel like it, it wasn't as overt as say Abed doing, you right. know, clearly commenting, but I just it just feels like everybody had the spirit that they knew what they were doing. I don't know. Something just came across like they knew you're watching this and they're like, oh, check this out, check that. I mean, because there's some pretty bad CGI in this, but it doesn't matter because it just feels like part of the gag. You know, Every, just, everything just feels like it's done in fun. So I looked up who made this movie and like the writers and the director and it's all people who mostly just did kids stuff. So it's not like this was a departure where they're like, hey, let's sort of like adult up a kids movie. Like this is sort of in their wheelhouse. So I don't know if this was sort of more of an adult property that they could sort of like, it's a slightly older demographic that they could have a little bit more fun with. I don't know, but it's not like this guy has been doing like all sorts of weird stuff and then like David Lynch goes and makes The Straight Story, which is like a a G-rated Disney thing about a guy riding his lawnmower. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not like that kind of situation. So I don't know. I don't know if they have experience outside of the kids' realm that they wanted to bring in here and just sort of say, hey, like, we might be making a kids' movie, but we can sort of make it our way, or if this was just genuinely, like, what the show was like from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Okay. Oh, this is a show, so before we really get into the movie, this is a show that still airs on TV, apparently. It airs on Freeform for two hours after midnight on Wednesday nights, (laughs) and the movie (laughs) still airs on the Disney Channel and Team Nick. And back in 2007, so this movie was in 2003, and the show was on from 2001 to 2003. In July 2007, Disney Channel aired eight episodes as part of their Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Lewis. 
So <laughs> as Transformers was coming out, they brought this back. So I think it's something, I really wonder, I'm going to look up that Vulture article now of how Shire reacted to all his movies. I can't imagine he has like bad memories about this. I think It feels like, especially in the outtakes at the end, like it seems like everybody's enjoying themselves. I know that's sort of the point of outtakes, like, hey, look how much fun everybody's having. But like, it seems like they genuinely enjoy each other's company. I, I think I remember hearing that this was pretty well received at his marathon, that he was actually enjoying this. And I think I can understand why, is because he can look at himself back when he was pure and stuff almost or like back when he was in more innocent and there is that just innocence to this entire film too you know it never gets deep or heavy and anything like that I mean the basic message is like don't pull pranks on people pranks aren't funny to the person they're being pulled on so I wonder if it's just you know it was just a fondness for that time in his life and you know, those good, there were good memories then, as opposed to getting taken out of cabaret drunk or something, you know, like whatever movie he was making during that time, I don't imagine he looks back on so fondly. So the Vulture article for the Even Stevens movie says, like all of us, LaBeouf loves the Even Stevens movie, and they have him pointing at the screen and laughing, okay. and the tweet is watching Shia laugh hysterically at the Even Stevens movie, and then there's another tweet that says, Shia and the audience enjoying the ending of the Even Stevens movie is actually a pretty special thing to watch it turned him into a star like there's things that we're gonna watch from here on out we've got at least one more the next movie that we're doing holes is maybe his other sort of real breakout thing and i'm guessing he got that because of this those two things together like they made him who he is so i'm glad that he's able to look back fondly yeah and i think holes was a big children's book too at one point so yeah, they're probably looking to cast that through like Nickelodeon or Disney and or those types of children to get that kind of face to it and stuff. So yeah, I feel like he's like one of the quintessential Disney kids. Like he's just got a really great all-in attitude about him. Or maybe it's just his character, but he plays that really well. Like he's just fully committed. I really like his castaway look in this. Like, you know, when they're on the island for I think just like one day without any shelter and he wakes up and his pants are shredded and everything and and he's got like dirt on his face and he's really owning up to the like we're starving and all I have is a peanut to eat let's split up three ways like there's just like such a charm about him in this I almost feel like he could have been the lead in iRobot maybe if it was supposed to be about a more happy guy or something I just feel like he has the gravitas or the weight or whatever already even if he doesn't realize it to carry pictures and stuff he's really really good I just remembered and it's not about this movie but today is an important day December 2nd, the day this comes out, because in theory, according to IMDb, as we record this a month in advance, Shia's movie Man Down comes out today somehow, either in theaters or VOD or something. The movie that we should have started this marathon with, as we're wrapping up, as we're nearing the ending of this, may finally be in theaters or on demand or something, in which case it'll kind of be like a nice little you know, just as Shia watching the Even Stevens movie saw the beginning of his career, we can watch Man Down at the end, which we should have watched at the beginning, and sort of see like this complete cycle of where he came from and what he became. I just want to throw that out there. I wanted to mention that like we, we know that it might have a release date, which was crazy because as we talked about for the first episode, we didn't start recording this months ago because we were waiting for this movie to come out, and then there was nothing about it. And then of course, as we, you know, get into the heart of this and as as we're about to release this, you know, as we're recording in nine days, hey, like, it, it might actually finally happen. So I think I'd like to thank ourselves for 
for willing the universe into giving Man <laughs> Down a release date. Yeah, really. I mean, it's over a year to the day that he watched it. That's what's crazy, too. I don't wonder how he got a copy. And it, Well, I mean, he's Shia LaBeouf. He's in the movie. I know how he got a print of it, but I'm really looking forward to that coming out and then get that in it. Because one thing that I wanted to bring up is like going backwards in someone's career like this. It's more jarring than I was expecting. Like, you're doing it over on the Zephcast, which I've taken to call it it, but okay. uh, the Zach Attack. We're never going to be better than this. Like, you guys are going backwards in his career with that, yep. so you've got a little more, like, handle on what it's all about, but I'm starting to, like, trip over myself at times. Like, I think you maybe could hear it in, in the last couple episodes, too. It's just a strange sensation to watch someone age backwards, like Benjamin Button style like this, and, and also to get to this point and see like he already knew who he was going to be in a way you know like his personality hasn't shifted very much on screen or his persona I mean it's mostly just like his private life and his actual personality or whatever whatever you want to say like his actual image has been what's undergone like the transformation but I kind of feel like he's been really consistent on screen with like his choices and and his range and stuff like that and if anything the earlier stuff we watched which comes later in his career is just a testament to that's when he will stretch and sort of start to spread more when we get to charlie countryman and things like that but i really feel like what he's setting up in this even steven stuff he'll carry it through like to the end of those transformer movies sort of through his blockbuster phase and then when get when he gets to like those indie stuff that's when he's really going to go method and branch out and you know cry on cue in every scene if he needs to convincingly. I agree. I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, we, we, we've had some stinkers. We've had Dumb and Dumberer and we've had Charlie's Angels and like he's fine in those movies but the movies around them are bad but I'm glad to see that he's always been good you know, like you said, he's always been consistent. He's always sort of knows what he's wanted to be or what he'll become. I mean, we've got some stuff that he's going to be, like, real, real young in coming up. I'm, I, I'm sort of curious to see that. He's now younger in this, I think, than Cage or Keanu was in anything we saw. Oh, this is, this is younger than um, Best of Times? I think so. It's about... Wow. Well, they're about the same age. Like that came Cage out looks like 10 years older in I Best know. of Times than Shia does in even Steven's movie. Well, I mean, Cage was like a fully formed man. Like, we <laughs> talked was. about that. Like, he's he's sort of like LeBron James of acting. Like, he just came out, like, <laughs> ready to compete. I mean, Shia's never going to be big, even though he's gotten big. He's never going to have the build that Cage did early on. But here, he's just like, he might have hit his growth spurt. He's not tall. He's not, like, <laughs> no. a big guy yet. No, I mean, I even think Megan Fox is going to tower over him down the line as well. Yeah. But it's cool because we haven't tackled a child actor before. So I'm definitely going to go check out a couple of the Even Steven shows because I want to see young Shia and, you know, all that. I don't think I'll get enough of him in the next two or three things we do. I don't know how much he's in him. I mean, I know Holes, but I've seen Holes, actually, and, and he looks closer to this. I, I didn't know who he was when I first saw that movie, so I look forward to checking it out again. Further and further back, it's cool to know that he was acting when he was even younger and younger and younger like yeah. mm -hmm. that's kind of cool like I, that i look forward to kind of checking out and seeing if there's any any gleam in that eye as to what's <laughs> what's going to uh transpire down the line so before we go and there might be other things we want to talk about but i do want to talk about the similarities to lost and to reality so i mean and okay. the reality shows so the reality shows are more overt like we have the behind the scenes it's kind of like unreal which is on lifetime which is very very good if you haven't seen unreal we see tim meadows as the host and seemingly producer of the show like <laughs> everything about like the production of the actual show within the movie 
is almost completely unbelievable. Like, the fact that they're broadcasting live in the middle of the day to an audience that gets, like, 25 million votes in a matter of seconds on whether or not sister should kiss the guy or not, like, everything about it is just, like, an idealized version of, like, things that would never happen. And then for, like, the last minute, like, genuinely, like, a twist that kind of surprised me, even though I figured Dave Coulier would show up again, but for the other show to be able to come in and broadcast also live at the same time, (laughs) like, the smallest, most standard camera imaginable and, like, no other equipment, like, any of that is just like, oh, I don't, that's, like, if you think about it at all, just like, oh, none of that is even remotely possible. But it is yeah. cool to sort of see the behind-the-scenes production teams kind of, like, pulling the strings, like, the camera crews out in the wild and, like, setting up the squirrel or dropping the food crates and whatever. It's cool to see the behind-the-scenes production values of the reality show that we never really see. Like, there's not, like, the host talking to camera in front of the family, which you'd almost kind of expect. Like, this is all, like, the, the hidden camera prank show, which is also the meanest show in the history of anything. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff didn't really bother me, even though it was nagging at me from time to time. Like, as soon as I was like, where are all the cameras? They start showing stuff like rock cam and surf cam or they just sort of like oh the cameras have always been there they've just been hidden you've never been able to see them i was sort of like well if i'm gonna argue semantics with this it's like watching westworld it is like you know if you can't just accept that the hosts aren't killed by getting shot then you're not going to enjoy the show if you can't figure out why or you know it's just it doesn't <laughs> matter like I, I was like i can't get bogged down in that kind of stuff like the movie already I mean, it had bother me. me but it's also funny to see like just oh, how yeah. insanely unrealistic it is oh, well i mean like at the end and Dave Coulier's cameraman, his camera is not even plugged into anything like a cord yeah. wire. I mean, like, no, there's just this is just all about ideas and low budget execution. It's funny though. I liked it. <laughs> there was definitely a thing in the beginning too when when he shows up at the house. First of all, the mom is a state senator, and the dad is like this high profile attorney who happens to be out of work but they just signed this contract without even reading it <laughs> and at that point I was like alright I'm on I'm on board for whatever the <laughs> hell they're going to throw at me if the dad is a lawyer and he just signs his life away like right away I just thought that was great. Well, I feel like they're TV characters in kind of the best way for the plot in that just like things are going to happen and just like alright we're okay with it like Beans comes over for the afternoon but instead he's going to be there for three weeks while his parents are in Helsinki they kind of freak out but they're like I guess this is life now like this, yeah. this is just like what life's dealt us like we got to deal with Beans for two weeks three tops yeah yeah I mean I, and I like that about it too it's it's just funny to me that way I mean it might not be everybody's sense of humor but it really hit my funny bone in the right direction watching this for some reason and like reasons like that like they totally know like okay we need Beans we need a joke about him being stuck with the family that we can just completely drop for the rest of the movie. So it doesn't matter what it is. What's important about that is that scene is that Beans packs his own bacon when he goes and stays over at people's houses. You know, like, that's all that really matters. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk about was how similar this is in a lot of ways to Lost. And, like, a couple times I was like, oh, like, that's just, like, a reference to Lost. And then I realized this came out, like, a year and a half before Lost was on the air, which oh, is okay. bananas to me. But the fact that they find the video wire in the sand, I'm like, yes. follow that to Russo. Like, mm-hmm. just go do that. There's shots of the island that look like, like, you know, the stock photos that you were talking about before that look like the Lost Island. Yeah, because it is the Lost Island. Like, I literally, <laughs> they, they just took stock video. Yeah, like the jungle, like, there's all sorts of jungle stuff. There's native things. There's people having to survive on the beach. And, like, crazy, like, an island full of, like, mysteries and, like, tricks and, like... You know what really got me was, um, there's a food drop at one point. Yeah. 
Yeah, that may be definitely shout out Lost. I don't think we mentioned that Tim Meadows is the host. Did we talk? Did we... He's sort of like the Michael from Lost, I guess. If you <laughs> like, I feel like he's kind of like the Ben, the Lion. Yeah, yeah, he is more pulling the strings. Everything's fine. Like, no, we, there's nothing weird going on here. Like, everything is totally fine. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, he's the liar. <laughs> I feel like there's other stuff. Well, they have like they the family gets like split into two groups, and they are yeah. all, like betrayal and duplicitous towards each other. I, you know, I definitely feel the vibes now that you're bringing it up oh and there's some like crazy statues and stuff that reminded me of the big statue that they eventually get to that's true the anubis statue i think that's maybe all i had about lost i feel like there's more at one point tim meadow says something like or beans goes up to him and he's like where are you gonna sleep and he's like oh they provide me a small cabin in the middle of the woods or something or a shack and i was like oh it's like jacob's cabin or something that's true <laughs> or just like the hatch like it just it comfortably sleeps one the other thing that was sort of like a, a little shout out to a future moment is at the very end Dave Coulier's cameraman shows up and he's filming around and they show Lewis and Ren hugging like their friends again, their brother and sister on good terms. He like hikes up his leg. I'm like, he's doing the Angelina Jolie thing. I mean, I know that a lot of people did that, but like, you know, the Angelina Jolie leg from that thing that Jim mm-hmm. Rash did at mm-hmm. the Oscars where he like hiked up his leg or what? you know what I mean? Like yep, he was yep. doing that exact thing like years before it happened. So it's, it's weird to see these things after the fact that became kind of cultural touchstones mm. years after this happened. Yeah, I thought he was just doing the old thing of like when you hitchhike and you, you, roll, you stick your leg out. Out, you know, they if you were a girl, like you'd stick your leg out or something and hitchhike, and that would get get you picked up quicker. Back when hitchhiking was safe, I love at the end when he's having that heart to heart with his sister. The sexy guy comes up that she falls for, and they fall for each other. And he goes, um, "Hail your business," and just sort of does like a backflip off of the, the railing or <laughs> yeah. something, just like vanishes out of out of the film. Like that was that was hilarious. And then at the end when they're playing the music, he's on drums, and it really looks like he knows how to. If if he's not if he's drumming to a backing track probably but it looks like he knows how to drum that's the first i ever heard of that i think him and keanu ought to get together and start a (laughs) band or something I wonder if they talked about music while on the set of Constantine. Probably not, but maybe. The one other note I had, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but that guy at the beach, Frosted Tips, the guy that Ren is set up with. Oh, yeah. Mutai or whatever? Yeah. I think his real name was Jason or something. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you got this from him. I called him not Franco this entire movie because he looked like he could be related to the Francos. He did. Like, you're right. I didn't think about that while watching, but you're right. I almost thought, like, maybe he's a Franco or something, or he should have been one of them. What's weird about this show, and I don't know if it's just because I watched like a lot of Disney Channel shows around this time, but like everybody seems like I've seen them in a lot of things, and mm. I don't think I have. Like everybody just seems familiar. Like he looks like a Franco. Like other people look like I've seen them in things. I, I don't think I have because I looked mm. at a couple of people's IMDb's, and it's it's mostly things that you know a lot of people have gone on to do a lot of work, but like stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, aside from Dave Coulier, the only ones I recognized, I think I recognized the guy that dumps Ren at the pancake okay. place. Or wherever i think i recognized him from somewhere but i couldn't tell you exactly where i think there's one other person in there that my mind i can't exactly put my finger on but yeah for the most part i was pretty surprised that it's i don't know it just kind of seemed to me maybe this is just the disney cast you know what i'm saying like these are just disney channel regulars and so they're gonna take people from other disney shows if they need anybody or they'll just if they have a big role they'll just 
get a Tim Meadows or something like that. What really would have been funny knowing that Ryan Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club and stuff is if they had brought him in or someone like a heavy yeah. hitter from the past or something like that. Just to like, once you're in Disney, you know, you're always in Disney. So who knows? Maybe him, maybe Shia and Gosling will do a movie together and they can reminisce about the Big Mouse. The only thing I have in a related note is there's another pre-union of sorts in this is that the guy who plays the dad in the family will be a NASA tech in 1969 in the third Transformers movie. Oh, so he's not God. in the same era as Shia, but he's in the same movie. So it's not really like a... Like, they never really reunite on screen, but they're in the same movie or the same thing eight years later. What was really kind of killing me is that the kid who plays Beans, because, like, there's just something about him, like, I don't know, there's just something really unique. He's a really interesting-looking kid, you know, and I really felt like I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but didn't. The only thing that really came to mind is he was in a Will Ferrell soccer movie. I don't know if you remember he was oh, a soccer... Oh, Kicking and Screaming. Yeah. yeah, Kicking and Screaming. But I couldn't believe that's the only thing that I could peg him in, uh, because it just he just seems like I've seen that guy everywhere, some, and, and lately, too, but no, I like, nothing else came to mind. But that kid was great. Like, I don't <laughs> know what he's doing now but he should like get in with like the comedy bang bang crew or something because he's got just like a great vibe about him he could be a slow joey sidekick or something <laughs> yeah Haley joel osmond oh Haley club Haley club oh no no thank you never um, <laughs> pay that uh, forward and <laughs> all right not even gonna ask about anything else because that is the perfect line to end on so for all things all his movies you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub. We've got six episodes left, maybe a seventh if we can get our hands on Man Down. But we are wrapping up. We're in, in less than a week, this will be over. So I hope you like it. We're officially into December. We're into December as of yesterday. So we've got lots of content for you to listen to. There's a new Now and Again out, which I think might have Mike on it. Cage Club, Keanu Club, Monkey Club, Zack Attack, all sorts of fun things. Cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on All His Moves. I've got an